Friends, we're just going to spend a couple of moments reflecting on a little bit of the word before we come to the table. And this is really part of the table message, and I was going to stand down here, but just not wanting you to have to crane your necks around to see. I'll stay up here a minute. But welcome to the table of the Lord. Uh, regularly, we gather together, friends, as part of uh, uh, the church uh, f- the, uh, around the entire world who comes to receive um, the Lord's table and celebrate the, um, the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ in this symbol, in this way. And uh, we believe that it's a sacrament of the Lord, that God meets us in a very special way at the table. And so we come today uh, knowing that his grace will be on us as we celebrate this experience. I'll talk more about it in just a moment. You know, we're in a, in a um, series that we're, we're studying, First Timothy, and uh, I just want to reflect on a few verses from First Timothy as we, um, as we come toward the table. We're, uh, hey, we're in chapter two. We made it to chapter two. Nice job, everybody. We've gotten through chapter one, uh, so we think that's exciting. Um, let's look at these first few verses of chapter two. First Timothy chapter two. I urge then, first of all, That petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives uh, in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and human beings, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Friends, the word of the Lord. This text, this message, and this table is about one thing. Jesus is our rescuer. This text, this table, this this message, this story, your lives... This, this baptismal horse trough, it's about one thing, that Jesus rescues. You look again at the words of three through six. No, that's right. You're back there. Sorry, you were there. This is good and pleases God. God what? What's the qualifier? Our Savior. This is a God who saves who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Look at verse five. There is one mediator Christ Jesus, verse 6, who gave himself as a what? A ransom. This message, this text, this table is all about the fact that Jesus is our rescue. Jesus rescues. And as I was reflecting on that and thinking about all these songs and thinking about my life and thinking about this story and thinking about all the other stories and thinking about our stories and thinking about the things that we've gone through, Jesus is our rescue. And that is so powerful to me because I spent the week before looking at the text before where there was the word about shipwreck. Do you remember that? Were you here last week? In fact, I want to look at that again. Uh, Curtis, look at that. Let's see that, that text from last week. Uh, this is the text last week again. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered, suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. You can just leave that up there for a minute. But last week's text about holding on to the faith, holding on to, to uh, good, faith and a good conscience, keeping the faith and fighting the fight, that text last week was about 
hold on, don't bail, fight the fight, because some people have, and they've suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. And that message, that severe message from last week, that idea of shipwreck was overwhelming when you really start looking at it and thinking about it and thinking, no, God forbid that we would suffer shipwreck. You know the idea of shipwreck, that we're pummeled by the storms of life or by the poor choices or the wrong routes until we finally come apart at the seams. We're shoved up on the rocks somewhere. There's debris everywhere. The journey that we were on is totally interrupted. We're never going to get there. We don't even know how we're going to get there anymore. We're lost. We're floating on a board. We're paddling with a two-by-four. We're freaking out about sharks, and we think, what happened? This is the idea of shipwreck, and we all have shipwrecked, friends. We've all suffered shipwreck in our lives in big ways, some of us, and some of us are sitting here going, You have no idea the magnitude of the debris of my life that's now spread over. I've been pummeled. And some of us, it's in smaller ways where we make choices out of our flesh and out of our immaturity and out of our stumbling, where we mess up. We're not the woman we're supposed to be. We're not the men we're supposed to be. We're not the parents. You know, on Father's Day, how many, there's probably guys in this room who said, man, I was a great father until my alarm went off. And then, you know, we've suffered shipwreck in our face in big ways and in small ways. We've done it before we came to know Christ and we were wandering and that was the shipwreck that we were pummeled by the, the way that our life was going without the Lord leading and in control and protecting our lives. And some of us have suffered shipwreck, of course, after we've become Christians, after we've said yes to the grace and the love of God, after we've tried to submit our lives to Christ and stuff has come our way and choices that we made have gone awry and we've been victimized and just junk happens in life and we've just, there's just been debris out of all of that. It's big ways, small ways, before Christ, after Christ, friends, but this text and this message and this table is about the fact that Jesus is our rescue. Now, if we were another sort of kind of church, we would say, I would say, say that with me. Jesus is our rescue. And now you're not going to forget. That's how that works. Yeah. And some of you are like, I don't really talk when you talk. And I always do this to Jay Jewis. All right, Jay? Jesus is our rescue. All right. Thank you. (laughs) He's over there going. Jeff always points me out when I do that. Thank you. Just making sure you're with me, bro. All right. There. I've got that. But this text, this message, this table, we've had shipwreck, friends, but Jesus is our rescue. And the powerful thing, this last verse, you know, um, uh, wait, go back to the first, verse 1, please, Curtis, and I'm going to come back to verse 20 here. Look at verse 1. He goes, I urge you then, beginning of the second chapter, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for everyone. And he mentions kings and those in authority. You know what he's saying right there? He goes, even Nero, because this was the emperor at the time that was hell-bent on destroying Christians in the church. He goes, listen, I'm going to urge you, you start praying for everybody, even the emperor. Now you go back to the last last verse of the last chapter. I should have put them together. See, I urge you then, it says, what I urge you, no, sorry. Go back to verse 20 of the week before. Look at, among those, these are guys who suffered shipwreck, Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom he had to hand over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. He goes, some people have shipwrecked their faith, and I got to go let them out there live with Satan, because maybe then they'll go, I'm not under the Lord, maybe if I'm under Satan, it'll wake me up and I'll recognize what it is that I need to be about. It's a severe, 
It's an awful reality, but the reality is there because hopefully when they're out there and they then live, they said, yeah, I've totally walked away from the Lord and there's no protection and lordship and calling on, on their lives from Jesus. Then they go, what am I, what a shipwreck this is. And then they come to their senses, right? So they get to the end of this. He goes, look at, here's some guys that have been shipwrecked. I've handed them over to Satan to tell, teach them not to blaspheme. And maybe they're going to learn something. Now look at verse one of chapter two. It says, I urge you then you pray and make intercession and give thanksgiving for everyone. Why? Because even Hymenaeus and Alexander are not beyond the ability of Jesus to rescue I urge you then for all people, even Nero, you pray. Because, verse 3 through 6, he's our Savior. This pleases God. He wants everybody to save. There's a mediator. He has been our ransom. My friends, we have shipwrecked our lives. But Jesus is our rescue. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what this table is about. That's what the Zweifel's family is about. That's what Norman's story is about. That's what this text is about. That's what the whole story of the word of God is about, that Jesus is our rescue. We can talk about shipwreck, friends, but that is only part of the story. Jesus is our rescue. And Paul knows about shipwreck. Do you know in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says that Paul said he was shipwrecked three times. And that was written before a a, a story that's recounted in the book of Acts where he was shipwrecked again four times. Hey, listen, some of you have walked your journey going, how come it seems like I keep getting shipwrecked? Can you imagine the fourth time that Paul's ship was getting beat up in a storm and going down and he's like, have you ever said this to God? Are you kidding me? Four times Paul went through a shipwreck. Could you imagine? After the first time, he's like, that was amazing. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. I'll finally, I'll someday be able to thank you for that and grow through that. And man, I'm never taking off again after the uh, feast time because then it's winter and that's not a good time for sailing. I'm not going to do that anymore. Plus, those African ships, man, those guys are nuts from Alexandria. I'm not getting on one of their ships again. You know, like he learned something. And then there's another shipwreck. And he's like, this is my second. He's going around the boat. Have you ever been in a shipwreck? No? Yeah, me, two times as the thing's going down. We don't have these recorded. Then a third time. Does this reflect, this is a mirror of some of your lives? A third time. Another wave, another hit, another. And then a fourth time. Paul knows something about shipwrecks. And the one shipwreck that we do know about when he ends up on the island of Malta, it's amazing because it's a little picture of that story that our lives get shipwrecked. These guys made a poor choice. They were in the wrong time in the wrong place and the ship got pummeled. And sure enough, it was just like our little example. The thing blew apart at the seams. Some people who could swim got going and the other people clinged to uh, hunks of wood and paddled themselves to shore. And when they got to shore, their journey completely interrupted. God had said, I want you to go to Rome, Paul. He was arrested going to Rome, but however the Lord needs to get you there. He's arrested. He's going to Rome. The Lord said, I'm going to get you to Rome because you're going to testify before Caesar. You're going to bring glory to God. I got work for you to do. Hello. I got a calling on your life. And then the shipwreck happens and Paul thinks, what happened to my journey? But they end up on Malta. And the words describing in Acts 28, the words, 27, 28, the words describing what happens, it says, and the islanders were unusually kind to us. You start to see God's hand even in the shipwreck. Come on now, Jesus is our rescue. 
The islanders were unusually kind to us. And then the chief official of the island takes him into his house and takes care of them and meets their needs. And then Paul gets an opportunity to minister because the chief official's father was in bed sick. So Paul says, you know, I know a Lord, he kind of heals. So he prays for his father and heals him. Then the glory of God started to spread. Then people came. Three months of ministry Paul had in the middle of his shipwreck. Jesus is our rescue. And then at the end of winter, there was a ship. This is the picture of Jesus. There was a ship who had been wintering the whole time in the midst of this exile. There was a ship wintering on the island that then picked them up and carried them on the destination that God had originally set out for him before the shipwreck. My friends, shipwreck is not the end of the story. There is a Jesus rescue that has been wintering with you the whole time and is bringing you back on the path to where God had for you to go. Do you hear me, church? Do you hear me? Shipwreck is not the end of the story. The text and this message and this table is about Jesus is our rescue. And it is the funniest, weirdest little passage where in Acts 28, 11, Paul describes that they got on this ship and he says, and there was a carving, there was a figurehead on the bow of the ship and he said it was of Castor and Pollux. And that's all he just mentions, that he got on an Alexandrian ship that had a figurehead of Castor and Pollux on it. And I thought to myself, why did he tell us that? What is that about? And then he, and he said, and then and they go on and, and basically that paragraph ends with, and then we arrived at Rome, which is what God had for him, even though the shipwreck intercepted it. Well, why would he mention, I got on a ship and it had a figurehead on the front of Castor and Pollux. Why would he say that? Because then when you, when you do the research and you look at it, all of a sudden I realized that Paul was actually smiling when he wrote that because Castor and Pollux were twin deities who were the guardians of those who travel. They were the sons of Zeus. Friends, here's what Paul said. I got on a ship whose figureheads on the front, the carving on the front, were the sons of God who would take me to safety. And he thought to himself as he wrote it, dear friends, what an irony. I know which son of God is my rescue. He did it tongue in cheek, I think. I got on a ship with Castor and Pollux on the front. No, 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 no. I know which son of God rescues us and on his way to Rome. He knows something about shipwrecks. He knows something about rescue. Jesus is our rescue. So, friends, we come to the table. So we get to come to the table, and we're invited by Christ to meet him there. I'm going to have a band come. We're going to worship uh, in a moment here as we come to the table. Look at this text. God is our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. There's one God and one mediator between God and human beings, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed in this proper time. It was time for that to happen. We come to the table, friends, invited by Christ, remembering that he saves. This sacrament, this this ceremony of the church, this holy ceremony of the church that the church has been doing now for 2,000 years since Christ instituted it. He gathered his disciples in the upper room and he said he had a meal and he said, okay, hey, listen, we're going to share some bread. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. You know why? 
because he's the Savior, friends. He said, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup, as we share this common cup and pass it around, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. There's a new agreement now. It's an agreement of forgiveness. He said, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim, you affirm the Lord's death until he comes. It's Jesus' words. You're saying, I get it, that Jesus died for me and I will live in that reality and remember it until he comes back. Because that's the one reality we remember. Man, we'll go in and out of shipwreck, but the one reality we remember is that he rescues. He is our rescuer. And when you look at this text, you know God is a saving God. It's what he does. It's what he does. And he is a God. Look at verse 4. He longs for all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Friends, here's a very intense spiritual reality as we come to the table this morning. The Spirit of God is present in our world but he is present in this place and he is present in your experience wooing you to come to a knowledge of the truth about him right now, right here, right now. He wants you to be saved. And if you, having been shipwrecked, are far away from him, he's coming to you today going, I can rescue you. And on the bow of my ship is a figurehead, and it is the Son of God who rescues us. And if your life has gone into the debris and another direction and you don't know, our God can rescue you. My friends, as we come to the table today, if you are a believer in Christ and your shipwrecks are of the kind that are after you've come to know Christ and they're part of your journey day in and day out and you need and long again for the reminder that this is his body and this is his blood and his spirit can come and get you back on his path, then when you come to the table, you thank Jesus, your Lord, your Savior, that he's forgiven you and you cry out for rescue. And my friends, if you have never said yes to this gift of ransom of Christ, you've never said yes to the free gift of forgiveness and reconciliation with God by what Jesus did on the cross, if you've never said yes to that gift, then you today can begin a relationship with God. Your ship has come in. It is sailing right by. And he's ready to get you up out of that water and go, let me take you where you were designed to go. And you can begin a relationship with our eternal God through Jesus today. And I would invite you to come to the table, even if it's for the very first time or for the first time that you've ever understood the table. And you say to God, I received the gift of Jesus' death, his blood for my forgiveness. I received the rescue today. Either way, friends, Jesus hosts the tables. There's two here, two in the back. And as we sing these next couple worship songs, I'm going to invite you to stand in just a moment. Feel free whenever you're ready to make your way to one or, uh, of the stations. I'll say one or more of the stations. Really, make a loop if you want all four of them. Enjoy the presence of Jesus, our rescuer. Shipwreck's not the end of the story. Let's stand, let's worship, and let's meet Christ at the table.